Hey there. Ever feel like you just need a break from the day-to-day of work, put on that out of office and be alongside peers learning from fellow nonprofits and industry experts on what they see working when it comes to fundraising, marketing, growing a monthly giving program, retention, everything that encompasses what you do? Well, if so, I have two events for you to mark down. June 4th and 5th is Donor Perfect's Community Conference Spark. It is for any fundraiser wanting to excel in donor management, program innovation, community engagement, and organizational growth, and it is free. So click the link in the show notes to register. And then an event that I have attended three years in a row is the NEO Summit, combining practical, actionable, and very data-informed content with also this really electric and immersive atmosphere. The NEO Summit is more than just a conference. It is a really fun and great place to get away from your desk and innovate your fundraising and accelerate your impact. So you can join hundreds of your fellow nonprofit professionals in Indianapolis in September on the 18th and 19th. And you can save $600 on your ticket right here. It is the lowest price available anywhere. So click the link in the show notes for both of these events. They are incredible. They put on an incredible speaker presentation, all tons of great resources for you. Invest in yourself and the growth of your organization by attending these two phenomenal events. We see incredible response on our platforms every day. You know, a, a recent example is that over 70 million poured in to help people affected by the Maui wildfires across both of our platforms. Over 340,000 individuals have given directly either to individuals that lost their homes and businesses, as well as to nonprofits mobilizing on the ground. So when you see this level of response firsthand, it's hard to kind of fall into the broader narrative, you know, that that giving is declining, even though the data is telling us that. So we really believe that our platforms can help reverse this trend and we can help people find the connection they crave to the causes that deeply touch them. Hey there, you're listening to the Missions to Movements podcast, and I'm your host, Dana Snyder digital strategist for nonprofits and founder and CEO of Positive Equation. This show highlights the digital strategies of organizations making a positive impact in the world. Ready to learn the latest trends, actionable tips, and the real stories from behind the feed? Let's transform your mission into a movement. Hello, we are back with another wonderful episode It is Wednesday, or maybe you're not listening to this on the day that it comes out, and maybe it's another day of the week, but if you're here and listening live when this comes out, it is go time. It is November. Things are moving so fast. I cannot believe that the end of the year is almost here. And deep breaths. Like I hope if you're running while you're listening to this, you're washing the dishes, or you're doing laundry, or maybe you're at work, just take a deep breath. It's all going to be good. I am so excited today. This guest is going to bring so much light and energy and just nuggets of wisdom. Elizabeth Reika is the Senior Director of Growth Marketing at Classy. Elizabeth, I'm so excited to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here today. Yes, absolutely. So I was doing some LinkedIn stalking as one does before our conversation. And man, you have been at Classy for nearly 10 years. A decade. That is crazy. How has, I mean, I know so much changes in a decade, but how has your role 
really evolved and like your personal journey in the nonprofit space? Yeah, it has almost been a decade. It'll be a decade in February next year, which does cause you to kind of have an existential crisis sometimes. I say that jokingly (laughs) because I get asked this question often and it's been a wild ride, a really rewarding ride. And I still really, really love just working in the space, which is why I'm here. And we have a phenomenal team. But I'll kind of start by first talking about our platform and kind of classy how we've evolved. And then I'll share a little bit more about my personal story at Classy and how my role has grown. But you know, when when I first started at Classy, we were kind of just still starting out. I was the 25th employee. I was the first full-time marketing wow. hire. Yeah. And so it was small but mighty. And as many of you know, like Classy started when our founder, Scott Chisholm, he started raising money for cancer research because his mom was a two-time breast cancer survivor. And at the time when he was raising money, there was no easy way for him to really engage with his peers who were millennials in their 20s to raise funds in a way that was easier than just aggregating a bunch of checks. And so he set out to create the platform to really allow nonprofits to intuitively raise funds online and at the time, you know, engage younger generations of donors. And so... When I started, and this is, you know, a lot of the focus in the early days at Classy, a lot of it was around peer-to-peer fundraising. It still is very much a huge component of how we empower nonprofits with our platform and technology today. We were a leader in peer-to-peer. We still are. We're actually predicting very much a resurgence in peer-to-peer, just given the appetite. I was just going to ask you. Yeah. I'll get into this in a little bit today, but just the resurgence in appetite, particularly around young donors, next-gen donors, so millennials or Gen Z donors, they're eager and willing and ready to advocate and fundraise on behalf of nonprofits. So we see younger generations participating in this way much more in the future. And we're excited to continue innovating on the product side of things, just knowing that there is, you know, this resurgence that we're predicting, if you will. But going back to kind of like our products and where we're at today, you know, being online is just not for young people anymore. Like I talk to a lot of organizations at Classy and nearly every donor is comfortable giving online. A lot of nonprofits, their primary donor demographic is boomers. And so online giving is essential and everyone is participating in it. So for us right. like as a product today, knowing that like we're really focused on looking for every opportunity to connect, you know, nonprofits with supporters online beyond just that first donation capture. We want to help nonprofits really build authentic connections with those who are eager and willing to support their cause. And we want to give them the tools to really capture that lifetime donor interest because it is foolish to think that if someone contributes and gives a one-time gift to your year-end campaign, for example, every single year, Are they actually going to continue coming back? Or is it now the right time to invite them to become a recurring donor? Maybe they would be interested in participating in a local event. And so for us, we're really focused on providing nonprofits the tools and resources, again, to really maximize that lifetime donor value. So nonprofits can use our technology for a range of different giving experiences if you're not familiar with Classy. So it could be for direct giving. That might be a straight donation form or an embedded donation form on your site. Events, which includes our kind of hybrid events platform, Classy Live, peer-to-peer, obviously, and recurring giving. So full suite. Yeah, full suite, matured and evolved. But 
it's been a great evolution and it's just been really rewarding. You know, personally, way back in the day, we would sit in a room and talk about how, uh, you know, one of our big audacious goals was to work with, you know, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and they're a customer of ours now. So being at Classy for 10 years over that period of time, it's really rewarding to see things that like we once thought were not possible become our true reality. And then now we're up from there. So it's been a fantastic kind of evolution on the product side of things. When I think so many organizations also can relate to that, right? And even me as a small business is when you are a small team to now how large the organization is, what do you think helped to take a smaller team and grow and be successful? What was it that you think captured the attention of organizations? Because I think... There's so many lessons from the business space and you are in like working for the nonprofit sector that organizations on the other side could learn from. What do you think really worked well? I mean, I think that what worked well, and I would say that this is still true today, is that I think that we've always been very authentic and really true to ourselves in conversations with the organizations that we work with. And so... Even today, if a customer comes to us with a need or they're, they're faced with a challenge, we take that really seriously. And we have a lot of conversations internally about how we can better help, you know, nonprofits solve that challenge, whether that's through providing them with more resources, connecting them with a partner or innovating on the product side of things. I think that we've always taken that approach and we've always really listened to the market and our customers and taken that very seriously. And I think that. What I think has helped us scale, I mean, we've been through growing pains. That is no doubt, right? Every company does. Right. And I think wearing multiple hats and doing a lot of things was challenging at a personal level, but it's also a phenomenal learning experience, which is really exciting. But you know, I think when working with our customers and in the space, just carving out time to really listen to them and talk with them and make sure that like we have a strong understanding of the space. And then you couple that with the fact that, and this is a testament to our recruiting team and everyone that goes into hiring new individuals. We've always had a team that genuinely cares about the space and that was true 10 years ago. So it's also true today, which I think is incredibly important. And so when a customer brings a challenge to us, we take it very seriously and we genuinely care about their success. And I think that that's one of the things that makes us unique. And I think that that's why some of our customers, I've been fortunate to work with a few more hands-on as their executive sponsor. And I, I think that that's why they say... Classy provides them a phenomenal partnership. We're not a technology vendor. We are a partner. We just had a on-site business review with the team at Feed My Starving Children. And that was kind of the feedback that kept on bubbling up and bubbling up again is that this isn't a transactional relationship where they're just paying us for technology. We are partners and invested in success. And that's one of the reasons why they continue to increase the number of campaigns that they're hosting with us and kind of trust us with more of their giving. Well, and what I want to dive into today for everybody is there's also a lot of resources and information that you provide, not only with the Classy Collaborative that I was so fortunate to speak at the previous year. This year, I was having a little girl. (laughs) So I wasn't able to get get there. Thank you. But I know that there's a lot. Soraya just had an amazing article a few weeks back. You go to philanthropy.com and read about that. But just talking about the overall digital landscape. And so much has happened in the decade, but so much has happened in the past just three years, right? 
Can you talk a little bit about what have you seen? You guys are on the pulse with so many different partners. Talk a little bit about what challenges have you seen and then where really do the opportunities lie? I think I can start with like one opportunity and then I'll, I'll dig into the challenges. In the article that you referenced that Soraya just published, we talked a lot about how this concept of, you know, we're competing for share of wallet is kind of moot. You know, yeah. we've seen in our data that if someone is giving to a nonprofit, they're twice as likely to give again. So what we're really combating is disengagement and getting people to participate and give back for that very first time. And so I think that that presents an opportunity. Within that, there's also challenges that make it difficult to get people to participate for the first time. I think mm-hmm. one of the biggest challenges that we're faced with right now is that we live in a completely oversaturated digital world. You've got digital marketing experts estimating that most Americans interact with at least 100 ads per day. And then you couple this with the fact that most of your digital experience that happens like happens within apps versus these direct web experiences. So there's then this mm. added layer intermediary. And the example that I love to share, which I think really underscores this, is that 40% of Gen Z uses TikTok over Google search. And so you're already starting to see a lot of this like discovery and kind of information gathering yes. happening beyond what were more traditional, just direct web experiences. So for nonprofits, it's something that we have to be really mindful of. You know, your website, it's still your most trafficked and important digital asset. I'm not trying to underscore that in any sense or form, but people are driven to your website through a number of different channels with different context, Mm -hmm. with different information. And so as fundraisers and marketers, it's really important to understand how people are learning about your organization and then connecting with your cause so you can find those different areas and opportunities to really amplify what's working or maybe even identify opportunities to then engage with different demographics of donors that, you know, have shown a little bit of interest, but they're not, you know, in the channels that you've historically been participating in. So I think that's one challenge. And then I'll continue on my soapbox. I think that the other really big challenge is, is that, Nonprofits are still really learning how to connect with younger donors. I talked about how, you know, boomers are more often than not the largest donor demographic that nonprofits are turning to to support and fund their work. But Gen Z is now, they're the largest living population in the US and nonprofits can't ignore them as potential donors or ride them off because they just don't think that they say have the same giving power as boomers. And the difference there with Gen Z is that they're not, and, and even millennials, right? I think this is true of all generations, but it's skewed more towards younger donor demographics is that people are seeking relationships. They don't necessarily yes. care about just a transaction. And they also want to participate in conversation and feel like they are engaged and, you know, have the opportunity to talk with someone on your team or learn about, you know, what a day in the life of your staff looks like instead of just hearing directly from your CEO, you know, speaking about your impact. So all of that goes into how we need to show up. I think that we are no longer in the world in which you can rely on a perfectly curated Instagram feed. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. Scripted content. No one really engages with that anymore. And people want to learn from people, right? And I think that we're seeing this. Absolutely. World personally, you know, I learn from 
thought leaders and experts that are either experts in their field or representing, you know, a company. And then you've got Gen Z that searches on TikTok to find a new restaurant. And so I, I think it's just, it's really indicating this shift. And I think that nonprofits need to really kind of lean into engaging with these younger donor demographics and thinking about how they're participating in conversations online versus just kind of posting an appeal yes. for people yeah, to show up and donate. Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh, so many good nuggets there. I mean, I could just take that one chunk and it's like, everyone, take that piece of it as I hit my microphone because I just got way too excited. <laughs> I think that's so true. I mean, you're speaking to... I'm a millennial. And I literally was just telling friends that I'm using Instagram and TikTok researching how to teach my daughter how to crawl. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm looking for advice from fellow moms on the internet with positions I haven't gotten to. Yes, there's blog posts. And of course, I could talk about this with a pediatrician. But the first instinct I had was hashtag six-month crawling on yeah. TikTok or Instagram, which is so true. And then that's how I would find a trusted quote-unquote organization and or person to then research and find more details. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Wanted to let you know that applications are now open for my monthly giving mastermind program starting in January. Ready to build a dedicated community of recurring donors to generate consistent revenue? By March, you'll have a program ready to go live. Let's make it happen together. Head on over to positiveequation.com backslash mastermind to learn more and apply. So one question around Gen Z that I think is fascinating that you also mentioned was they are donors. They want a relationship with the organization and I'm sure they'll do more than just giving a financial means. But has there been anything at Classy that you've seen as far as trends in how the younger generation Gen Z is giving? It's a great question. So I think one of the more interesting things that we've seen in our data is that once Gen Z is in and they have, you know, donated to your organization, they're actually the least likely to cancel a donation in wow. case of a financial stressor. Yeah. In comparison to other generations, obviously they're not giving at the same level, right? It's more smaller gift sizes, but once they're in, they're in, which I, I do think presents opportunity. I like to kind of equate this to my mom, if you went and tried to convince her to give to a new organization, it's a harder sell. Like she has her list of nonprofits that she supported mm -hmm. for years. If someone new gets on her radar, like knowing that I work in the space, she'll, you know, message me and like ask me questions and stuff. But it's harder to get her to donate for that first time because she already has several orgs that she gives to. And so I do think that there's opportunity to capture their engagement right now and to get them actively involved. And that might not even be donating, right? It could just be following you on social and learning more about your organization. So then when they are compelled to give, they know who they want to give to and it's an easy decision. I think other things that we see, which is why I was talking a little bit about peer-to-peer -peer earlier, is that I think the data point is that they're close to or over three times as likely to advocate on behalf of an organization in comparison to other donor demographics. And so while they might not have the same giving power as boomers do or other generations, they do have really deep networks and they are willing to tap into those networks and advocate on your behalf, fundraise on your behalf, if you are doing a good job of engaging them leading up to that and getting them feeling like they want to support your work, like they understand your your impact and your mission. So I, I think that peer-to-peer -peer is a great 
way and opportunity to engage them. And I think it also then helps, you know, some of the challenges that nonprofits have been faced with on the donor acquisition front. It's a great avenue to acquire new donors. There is challenges on the retention side of things, like stewardship is a really big component. But I think that there's a lot of opportunity in peer-to-peer as well. Yeah. Again, so many things are that we could kind of tap into. I love the idea of like, once they're in, they're in. And I think it's very true. I can speak for myself. I'm not Gen Z. However, if I feel inspired or emotionally compelled to give to an organization, I'm going to give, whether it's $5, $25, $50 as a one-time gift. And so often to your point, beyond the donation receipt that I receive, I don't receive any other communication oftentimes. And what would you say is really important? I mean, especially as we are we are entering in giving season, there's about to be a lot of compelling asks that go out. What do you see from the organizations that you've worked with of any size when it comes to online fundraising around the lead up to end of year giving Tuesday, even going into the new year? What is working well with that nurturing and that like acquisition side? I mean, the organizations that we see that are the most successful on Giving Tuesday are not launching a campaign the week before Giving Tuesday, right? There is at least 30 days of lead up. They are very heavily leading into a multi-channel campaign. So whether that's using, you know, direct mail, social, you know, paid amplification efforts, a strong email drip series and nurture program. And one of the clients that we often reference as it relates to Giving Tuesday is Parent Project Muscular Dystrophy. They had a phenomenal campaign last year on Giving Tuesday that actually increased their year-over-year efforts by 45%. And so what they did... Yeah, it was great. And I think what they did that worked really well is, and we see this oftentimes, right, is that organizations will use Giving Tuesday as a kickoff to year end. So their Giving Tuesday campaign is not just always specific to Giving Tuesday. It is more of a year end campaign that kicks off at Giving Tuesday and then it's amplified throughout the year. I mean, they did everything on the marketing side of things. So they tested out a series of roughly eight emails. So just to give people a sense, it's not just one send. They had eight emails leading up to Giving Tuesday. They also had a direct mailer. They did social media posts, multiple social media posts. So there was kind of a lot of hype leading up to Giving Tuesday. And then also, you know, on the day of reinforcing that ask and ensuring that their supporters followed through and across all those kind of different marketing tactics, like going back to what I was speaking to earlier is they did lean into kind of more of that authentic human focused content. So they had videos that they featured, they hosted webinars, they had, you know, a fireside chat with their president and CEO, all of that centered around creating more of a connection to their cause Mm -hmm. and mission leading up to Giving Tuesday. So then when they made the ask, you know, you don't have to think about it that much. Like you feel a connection. It wasn't out of nowhere. It wasn't out of nowhere either. And so... They did a phenomenal job. They also weaved in personalization, which is a really big thing. And so their campaign, it raised almost $900,000, which is phenomenal. So I just think that it is possible to have a ton of success on Giving Tuesday, but you can't be shy about asking. And that's still something, you know, when I hear talking to folks, it's like, oh, I just feel like... 
I'm over asking, I'm over sending emails. It's like, no one wants to read this. And I mean, I think of my personal email inbox, not my work, but my personal and it's a mess, right? (laughs) So you have to ask more than one time to ensure that people are getting that message and, you know, giving them the opportunity to engage before making a direct appeal. And the multi-channel is so important. We actually, I was just working with a client the adventure project. And we did emails and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, just a hack for anybody. What I receive on my phone is I don't receive email notifications. I've turned that off because it would be a slew of them. Yeah. But I still do receive like Instagram or LinkedIn DM messages as push notifications to my phone. And so I said, I'm going to go on all of the pieces of content that have been related to this campaign. And anybody who has engaged liked, shared, commented on these pieces of content, I'm going to go in and send them a personalized message. Let them know where the campaign stands. And I'm going to, instead of just doing a push of here's the link to the campaign, like, would you give? I ask them a question like, can I send you? Like, this is where we're at. Can I share with you the link to, in this case, we had like a play on a baby registry for women in need in Kenya and Togo. And everyone was like, because they had already commented on the post around the campaign. So they knew what I was talking about. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And then donations were coming in from that personalized touch. And it's these things where you have to think a little bit outside the box instead of just pushing content. Where's the engagement of the one-to-one, which is on social, what these channels were built for anyways. So I love what you're talking about. It's like this fully faceted, here's a full lead up. We're not just on the day attributing to the quote unquote like noise of Giving Tuesday, which is beautiful because it's all surrounding giving and what everybody is doing. But how can you make sure that people know that you're going to have a presence and a need and ask on that day? So I love that. I wanted to ask you before we jump something that's really exciting and I've been wanting to talk to you guys about, which I know was announced two years ago. You're really talking about the integration with GoFundMe. And there's some pilot programs going on. And I would love if you could just discuss a little bit about the partnership and what are the unique pilot programs that you're working on? So kind of like the broader context before I jump into the pilot program specifically, we've seen that charitable giving is on the decline. We've seen the number of donors declining according to, you know, the latest reports by the fundraising effectiveness project and dollars are also down. So that can feel like doom and gloom, but we as a company, like we don't believe that as a society, we are less charitable. We see incredible response on our platforms every day. You know, a, a recent example is that over 70 million poured in to help people affected by the Maui wildfires across both of our platforms. Over 340,000 individuals have given directly either to individuals that lost their homes and businesses, as well as to nonprofits mobilizing on the ground. So when you see this level of response firsthand, it's hard to kind of fall into the broader narrative, you know, that that giving is declining, even though the data is telling us that. So right. we really believe that our platforms can help reverse this trend and we can help people find the connection they crave to the causes that deeply touch them. So on the experimentation front right now, we're doing a lot with the GoFundMe team. We are learning very intentionally, but we know like going into all of these different tests and the experimentation, you know, we know that giving on GoFundMe and giving to a nonprofit is very different. When 
know, you're donating to a GoFundMe campaign. You're responding to a friend in need, to a family member in need. You're trying to give help to someone and you're like, you're supporting someone in your community that is seeking help. And that's very different from a nonprofit and nonprofits are, you know, not only seeking a donation, they're seeking to form lasting relationships with supporters who ultimately then fund their work. And so we want to try to figure out how we can create on-ramps to giving, if you will, or on-ramps mm. to stewardship. And we're trying to find ways to connect people to the causes that they care about and build really kind of a bridge between more of these informal and formal giving channels, which historically, you know, people have said these compete with one another. And so Across our two platforms, we have a community of over 150 million to just represent the scale. You know, a donation is made every second on the GoFundMe platform. And that's great for experimentation wow. as we're trying to figure this out. And so some of the things that we've discovered, and I'll go into the specific tests, we've seen through research that if someone has donated to multiple GoFundMe campaigns, almost said Giving Tuesday, so we're talking about year end. But if you've, <laughs> given to, if you've given to multiple GoFundMe campaigns, you are more likely to donate to a nonprofit at a higher rate. So we're testing things out like introducing relevant nonprofit campaigns to donate to after someone contributes to a, you know, an individual's GoFundMe campaign. And we're testing things like, you know, the frequency of when the ask should be made, you know, how does that play into the conversion and mm -hmm. giving level? So yeah. that's one thing that we're testing. And then the other thing that I think is really exciting is kind of more on the the mission delivery side of things. So when we first announced that we were kind of joining forces with GoFundMe, one of our current customers, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, they reached out to our team and they wanted to partner with us to really learn because while they fundraise on Classy, there are a lot of people that leverage GoFundMe to raise funds for themselves and to support their medical bills. And so, you know, right. while a diagnosis like leukemia, lymphoma is a financial stressor, there's a lot else that goes into navigating that. And so the Leukemia Lymphoma Society wanted to connect with these individuals and have their team of experts share with them education, resources, and really just provide them support as they're navigating the situation. And so we found through that great success is that we can deliver more help and GoFundMe campaign organizers are interested in receiving resources from nonprofits. We saw really, really Amazing. strong open rates. Yeah, of over 54%. Engagement rates were three times higher than our baseline. And we also did find, you know, the recency matters. The most engaged campaign organizers are on GoFundMe have created their campaign within the last three months. So we know that period of time in which you should really reach out. So we're still experimenting, we're still learning, but there's a lot of really great work that's happening behind the scenes, kind of all centered around how we can really provide more on-ramps to giving for nonprofits and kind of build a bridge yeah. again, right? Because there is something in that connection that can, you know, help everyone. And so we're excited and, you know, committed to learning more. And as we learn more, we plan to share it with everyone. I love that so much. That's so exciting. I am a big fan of innovation and tinkering and testing things and being scrappy and figuring it out. So I think it's a brilliant collaboration. I remember when it was first published and I was like, ooh, I was like, what is going to come from this? But it's so exciting to see all the work that's coming to fruition together as you work on all these pilots and tests. Just a couple of questions to wrap us up. I wanted to ask, I love this kind of like on-ramp that you keep saying of like inviting people into their missions. 
what's one like piece of advice that you have for organizations like going towards the end of this year within their on-ramp? Like what would you recommend that is really an important crucial piece to have? To create more on-ramps, I think you really need to understand where your donors are or where your potential donors are. Some nonprofits are fortunate enough to work with digital agencies that kind of help them better understand, you know, where their donors are currently engaging online or where they might identify and tap into kind of new donors, if you will. There are resources that nonprofits can leverage to do this though independently. And I I think it's just something to take into consideration heading into year end. There's a tool called SparkToro. And within that tool, you can kind of input different information about your donors, maybe what websites they visit or who they follow on social media. And it can give you some insights around, you know, what hashtags they might be using, what other websites are they visiting online? And so, so there's there's some data that you can get from that free tool that I think you can use as somewhat of a foundation heading into New Year because I I think that that's the hard part right is there are a million channels out there and that can be really overwhelming yeah. like where do you start and be so like, what do you mean my donors are everywhere <laughs> yeah, they're everywhere and so I, I think like having some data is like a grounding focal point and then making sure that you've got, you know, really engaging authentic content that you're publishing on those channels. That's not just centered around an ask always, right? So I think that that's something nonprofits can do heading into year end. Awesome. I love that. Spark Toro. I will link to it in the show notes. Everyone check it out. What a great nugget to end on. Elizabeth, where can listeners connect with you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Follow me, connect with me, send me a message. I will follow up with you, but that is where you can connect with me. Yes. Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. I know you. this is a very busy time of the year for everybody at Classy. So I always love seeing product updates as they come out. And the Collaborative is an amazing event. Everybody research it, check it out. It's always super well done and really fun and innovative with kind of the event design that you put together. So thank you so much for being here. And I hope you. you have a great giving season with the team. Thanks. Can you tell I love talking all things digital? To make this show better, I'd be so grateful for your feedback. Leave a review, take a screenshot of this episode, share it on Instagram stories, and tag Positive Equation with one E so I can reshare and connect with you.